Cell phones have been with us for quite a long time. Uh, we have seen them evolving from thick and heavy to thin and light, keypad to touch screen, black and white to immersive crystal clear displays and whatnot. Welcome back to Inverted Out. In this episode, I'm gonna talk about cell phones, their evolution, the changes they've gone through and what the future holds for them. So, when did the first cell phone came out? Uh, it was the year 1973 when Motorola showcased its brick-style cell phone, uh, DynaTAC, and it was the first handheld phone of the time, of the history. And prior to that, uh, we used to have the landline phones. We have them today as well, but that was the only thing. And the DynaTAC, uh, it measured around 2 kilograms in weight. Can you imagine what it would have felt like if you carried it into your pocket? 2 kilograms into your pocket, right? So, it was surely heavy, but it was the latest innovation of that time, and people were surprised. Looking at that kind of phone having no cords at all, that was such a good beginning of the cell phone era. And the DynaTAC was launched in year 1983 in the market. We all know about the guard of the cell phones, the phone with the super build quality, strength. So a lot of memes about it. I'm talking about the Nokia 3310. Uh, it was launched in the year 2000 and... Nokia did an amazing job selling around 126 million units worldwide. The first flip phone was also launched by the Motorola in the 1989 and after that they launched another phone which was a clamshell style phone, StarTac, in 1996. So you might be wondering now that what does this TAC TAC means? Well it is type allocation code something similar to uh, related to the IMEI number which is used to identify the wireless devices and the third generation the of the wireless communication technology the 3G when it was invented it paved the way for the smartphone and it was the Apple who launched their first smartphone named you know that yeah iPhone 3G in 2007 and quickly next year, the HTC, with help of Google, introduced the first Android smartphone, HTC Dream 1. And Microsoft launched their Windows Phone in 2010, which ran on Windows Phone 7. So the first cell phone, the DynaTech, uh, was 2 kilograms in weight. And what we have now, phones light as feather, in the range of 150 to 200 grams. The form factor has changed a lot, from the thick phones to the thin phones, from the plastic bodies to the metallic unibody design, and the all glass body design is in trend these days ever since Apple launched the iPhone 10 or iPhone X in 2017, though the glass design was first seen in the Nexus 4 in 2012. If we talk about the displays, uh, they've gone far and beyond. I mean. They have become sharp, crystal clear. You might know that Samsung is by far the largest producer of the smartphone displays. We have seen that the displays have evolved from 
TFT LCDs to the IPS LCDs to the OLEDs, organic LEDs. And Apple kept calling them retina displays just because the high pixel density and a human eye cannot see the individual pixels and the OLED display has the capacity to turn on and off the individual pixels. A certain portion of the display can be turned on instead of the whole display uh, which in turn helps saving the battery. And Apple introduced the OLEDs into its iPhone uh, with the iPhone 10 and called them the Super Retina Display. And Samsung called them the Super AMOLED Display. Now we have seen the refresh rate of the display is changing from 60Hz to 90Hz and now even 120Hz. The improvements in the battery department has not been significant. I mean, the, except the increased capacity and the efficiency to retain power for a long time, there's nothing, nothing much done. The batteries have evolved from nickel-based to lithium-ion, lithium-polymer. That's it. And yeah, the fast charging technology here is a greater shift. I mean, it helps us save time quickly charging phone. That's it. Just like a 50% of charge in 15 minutes. It helped us, right? And since the time we've got the efficient smartphone with solid build quality, now the focus of the smartphone manufacturers has been the design of the smartphone. Where they're focused on reducing the chin and the forehead of the smartphone and make them look more impressive. Uh, do you remember the Essential phone? Yeah. It was launched by the Andy Rubin, right, the founder of the Android. And it was the first phone with the concept of notch, where they fitted the camera, the light sensor, the proximity sensor in a notch and increased the capacity, uh, the screen-to-body ratio, not the capacity. And the Apple used the notch in their iPhones too, since the iPhone 10. See, the iPhone 10 was a major change in the history of the iPhone. But the concept of Apple was different from the others. They used the notch, but they also introduced the face ID, where they used the 3D dot projection to capture the face of the user, even in the low light, and it became a strong and secure way to unlock an iPhone. I mean, yeah. And when Apple introduced the iPhone 10 with the notch, many smartphone manufacturers, the Android ones, implemented notch in their devices too. Uh, not the dot projection, just the notch to increase the screen to body ratio. And we have seen the punch hole camera displays too. And later, the screen to body ratio went up to 99% when OnePlus, Xiaomi, Oppo, these brands totally removed the front camera from the display, from the main portion, and introduced the pop up camera mechanism, which is still considered not sustainable. Because it's use, it uses the moving parts, a motorized mechanism to lift the camera up. And people consider that it's not a long-lasting technology. And the cell phone camera, if we talk about that, it has evolved pretty much compatible to digital, digital cameras, right? And we have seen the single rear camera to the concept of front and rear cameras. We have seen the dual cameras at the back, at the front, triple cameras, quad cameras, and whatnot. And most of the times, the primary camera is a wide-angle lens. The secondary is an ultra-wide-angle. The third one is a telephoto lens uh, used to capture the portrait shots to create the bokeh effect. 
and we have seen the video recording resolution change and improve from 360p to 720p full HD and even 4k it's quite common to see smartphone having the capability to record 4k videos these days and keeping your smartphone with a lock with a lock was and is a common phenomena among us right we don't want anyone else to access our phone without our permission for the sake of privacy so do you remember how you used to lock your keypad phones with the pin right and even iphones had such options earlier uh, Android launched the face and lock which was not so powerful but well, was something new and exciting. Then came the fingerprint based authentication system when Motorola launched it in a, a phone called Atrix. They used the optical scanner and later Apple launched the capacity fingerprint sensor in iPhone 5s and they called it touch ID and Android dished the face unlock as the fingerprint authentication was much more secure and reliable but when the apple launched its face id in 2017 android smartphone manufacturers brought back the face unlock because uh, because of the trend i guess it was nothing new it still used the 2d image processing to unlock the phone and was not secure enough and is not secure enough even today for the Android and Samsung in the middle of the time tested its iris scanner based authentication in Galaxy S8 and S9 which was slow people still preferred these fingerprint sensors more than the iris scanner and so it was not successful and we saw the in display fingerprint mechanism in CES 2018 when Vivo showcased its X20 plus smartphone and the in-display fingerprint mechanism is not as fast as the capacitive touch, right? But it's got quite common to see them in the phones today. And if you talk about the processor and RAM, uh, they became powerful as a computer. Like the the processors initially, they were single core, one gigahertz single core processor, right? Then came the dual core, quad core, and now the octa core. And the bionic chip in the iPhones is massively powerful. And Apple is uh, launching iPhone 12 this year with the A14 chip, and uh, it'll make the iPhone more powerful than the MacBooks. And it is highly anticipated that they will discard the use of the Intel processors. From their MacBooks and replace them with the A14 chip. You can just imagine how powerful that chip is. And among all these enhancements in the smartphones, some companies are mainly focusing on building foldable smartphones. Yeah, last year in CES we saw the Samsung Galaxy Fold, the Huawei Matex, the Moto Razr. Uh, the Galaxy Fold was quite a success. And it, it is, and it folds just like a book. There's two displays, the primary one and the secondary one on the outside. Six cameras in total. Huawei Matex folds just like the book, but the display is outside. The Razer 
at the design of the flip phones. And this year, Samsung will launch its Samsung Galaxy Z Flip, which will have a design very similar to that of Moto Razr or a flip phone. And if we talk about the Apple, I don't think Apple is considering to launch an iPhone, a foldable iPhone, in the upcoming two to three years. I don't think so. So, what does the future holds for the foldable smartphones? I mean, what I think is that the foldable smartphones are merely a fad and the hype will disappear soon. I don't see any useful case in the foldable smartphones except the larger screen size due to the foldable display technology which could just help for enhanced gameplay experience and watching videos and on the other hand they're twice as heavy bulky as a regular smartphone twice as thick not a long-lasting battery and they have plastic displays which is quite fragile we saw the example of the galaxy fold samsung protected the display using plastic film over the display the users thought that it is just a screen protector and they peeled it off and it damaged the display. So what are the positives? I don't see any. I don't see much of them except the fad. Do you remember the Google's project era? It was started in 2012 and was shut down in 2016. The modular smartphone where you could just go and upgrade the battery, processor, RAM or cameras separately. That project shut down maybe just because putting all these parts together uh, as a separate module made the phone bulky and costly too similarly I think foldable smartphones hype will end soon I don't see much of an advantage of having them let's see what happens in the future that's it for today thanks for tuning in this is Avinash and I'll see you in the next one